232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPEL app chat. Just hit that little text message icon up in the upper right corner. Go to the Joe Cunningham Show and send a message to the show. Glad to be with y'all. Glad to be talking with you today. There's a lot to go over, and we need to really focus in on not just the impeachment stuff, but the Democrats and the media's response to it. But before I get to that, I need to explain why they are freaking out so much. The reason the Democrats are freaking out. There's an op-ed in the Washington Post today. President Biden should not run again in 2024 by Washington Post columnist and Biden supporter David Ignatius. In it, he writes all the things he admires about Joe Biden, but then there's this key paragraph. But I don't think Biden and Vice President Harris should run for re-election. It's painful to say that given my admiration for much of what they have accomplished, but if he and Harris campaign together in 2024, I think Biden risks undoing his greatest achievement which was stopping Trump. How much of a nail in the coffin is that phrase? The idea that Joe Biden's greatest accomplishment is stopping Donald Trump. That's what this Democrat, that's what this leftist is saying. This comes the day after a piece in the opinion section of the Washington Post that was incredibly critical of Kamala Harris. It highlighted every recent negative poll against Kamala Harris. This is not good. The Democrats and the, and the progressives are starting to realize, they're really starting to realize they have a problem on their hands. The polling has been bad. If Joe Biden's best case scenario is tying with Donald Trump and his worst case scenario is losing by points to just about everybody, including Doug Burgum, who nobody knows, That's bad for the Democrats, and it gets worse. The United Auto Workers Union is claiming 150,000 members, its entire member base, have been, quote, abandoned by the Democratic Party. This comes as Biden has doubled down on subsidies for electric vehicles that are flowing into states with low levels of union membership or going overseas. So far, the UAW has refused to endorse Biden's reelection bid. The UAW is on the verge of one of the largest strikes in modern history if an agreement is not reached with automakers in Detroit. The union will announce targeted strikes in certain auto plants as a warning shot on Thursday evening as part of this. What's more, inflation jumped to 3.7% on a year-over-year basis in the month of August. That means, folks, more rate hikes are coming. 
a majority of the increased price pressure is coming from energy costs. Gasoline prices in the month of August resulted from a voluntary production cut from Saudi Arabia and other OPEC plus nations. It's noteworthy that Biden canceled oil and gas leases on more than 13 million acres in Alaska just in the last week. And these were leases that the Trump administration approved. Biden once again attacking America's ability to be energy independent. When the gas jumped to near record levels in August, Georgia's governor suspended the state gas tax to give some relief to consumers. But you're not seeing that relief in most states. The cumulative effect of inflation has reduced the purchasing power of U.S. households by the largest amount in over a decade. Tim Scott's been saying this a lot. The American family has lost $10,000 of spending power under the record inflation we've been facing. There's a 2.3% drop in income, and it's the largest that we've seen since 2010. Even more bad inflation news, almost half of affluent investors in the USA inflation is killing their dreams of retirement. Affluent investors say that inflation is killing their dreams of retirement. 84% of respondents in a poll said the surge in recent years woke them up to how big a threat inflation is to future income and savings. This is from Bloomberg. They go on to say many of those surveyed, all of whom have at least $100,000 in investable assets, fear they won't be able to work long enough to overcome the hit to their finances and their retirement plans. Now, why am I saying All of this when talking about impeachment. The White House has sent out its marching orders. My colleague at Red State, Nick Arama, wrote about this earlier today. It started leaking out. The Biden administration is sending out talking points to media organizations. The White House is telling news organizations that they need to hold Republicans accountable. They can't just say the Republicans say and the White House says because that's misinformation. The White House is doubling down on all this. They sent this letter out saying it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. That's what they said. CNN came out with a fact check today of Kevin McCarthy's impeachment statement. Now, I told you guys my thoughts on impeachment and what Kevin McCarthy is really doing here. If you missed that, you need to go to joecunninghamshow.substack.com. I've got a column there explaining it. You can also listen to the podcast version of the show where I explain it there as well. But... CNN put out a fact check. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made several unproven claims Tuesday while announcing the opening of the formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. 
We fact check them. They say unproven, and yet this is what's in the story. Claim Biden family and associates got $20 million through shell companies. This is true about Joe Biden's family and associates, CNN writes. But there is no public evidence to date that the president personally received any money. So it's true, but. Claim an informant alleged the Biden family got a bribe. It's true that this informant gave a tip of this nature to the FBI in 2020, CNN says, and that the Bureau had viewed him as a credible informant. But the underlying allegation the Biden family was given a bribe is totally unproven. So yes, but, again, claim Biden participated in calls and dinners with his son's business partners. CNN, a Hunter Biden associate testified that even though Joe Biden was on these calls at these dinners... He didn't discuss business. True, but. Claim Biden family members' financial transactions were flagged as suspicious. The existence of these suspicious activity reports, they verify they exist. But CNN says they don't prove wrongdoing on their own. Claim then-VP Joe Biden used his powers to help his son's business. Republicans are currently going back and forth with the National Archives to retain unredacted emails and documents between then-Vice President's office and Hunter Biden's business associates. Claim Biden lied about his knowledge of of his family's business deals. Joe Biden's unequivocal denials of any business-related contact with his son have been undercut over time. Unproven, huh? This is what they're going with. This is what they're going with. They are trying to undermine the Republicans' claims, but they have to verify at least part of the claim. This is the media taking marching orders. It's not journalism. Go ahead and take a break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show. You can call in 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPEL app chat. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, we do have our pest of the day. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542 is the number. Or you can send a message to the KPEL app chat like Scott. Scott mentions Biden and Harris beat Trump by cheating. Now all the Dems see what a mistake he is. And now the 2024 elections will be under Microsoft. Yeah, it's easy to win the election when you change all the rules at the last minute and take very good advantage of it in ways the Republicans do not. Absolutely. Change the rules in the middle of the game. Violate the Constitution and, and state constitutions and the federal constitution in the process. Change all the rules in the middle of the game. But once you win... What happens when you get up for re-election? You have a record then. Joe Biden has a record now. He has a record of accomplishments, or in his case, lack thereof. Inflation skyrocketed. Energy costs have skyrocketed. Uh, one thing that's going to start coming out a lot more is that auto insurance is up. Buying a car is already more expensive. Now buying auto insurance is even more expensive. The border is in crisis. The fentanyl issue is still red hot. There's a crime wave. Joe Biden is 
more Americans are tying him or or, or, or picturing him alongside Hunter Biden in some of these business deals. Uh, his gaffes, his his mental just blanks, and the the mumbling and and all the stuff he's saying, the lies, everything, everything like that is catching up to him. And Americans are starting to realize this guy ain't it. So now we'll see. We'll see if in 2024 Republicans can take back the White House. And we are going to take a break. Back in a minute here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Your call is 232-1542 or your messages on the KPL app chat. Back with more of your news of the day right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number or you can use the KPL app chat to send your message in. Try to interact with y'all on the air and off the air when you send your messages in through the KPL app chat. I just like having those conversations with you. So this is a story that's come out today. And uh it, it it bears telling because this is this is a problem. An average of over one thousand callers each month to the Louisiana Department of Children and Family Services Child Abuse Hotline in 2022 abandoned their calls while on hold, according to a new audit. The Louisiana Legislative Auditor issued a performance report last week that examined the Department of Children and Family Services processes for receiving and acting on child abuse and neglect complaints in fiscal years 2018 through 2022. The audit follows several reports of child abuse and fatalities in 2022 that triggered the Senate Health and Welfare Committee to launch a broader review of the department's practices, staffing, and leadership. Suspected child abuse in Louisiana can be reported to the Department of Children and Family Services through a statewide hotline and a mandated reporter portal online. Most reports come from mandatory reporters such as school personnel and health professionals, with 57,164, or 29%, of the 197,302 reports coming from 2018 through 2022 received through the portal and the rest through the hotline. So that means 71% of the child abuse tips that were called into DCFS hotline came from not mandated reporters. See, a man, if you work for the government, like me as a teacher, I was a mandated reporter. If I saw something, I had to report it immediately. No matter what it was, it's against the law for you not to. That's why you're a mandated reporter. But for people who aren't mandated reporters, if you see something, you know something, or you are the victim of something, you call into that hotline. But according to the Louisiana Legislative Auditor, an average of over 1,000 callers each month ended their calls while being left on hold. So let's see, uh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, that's five years, 197,000 calls divided by three is about... mm, well, 197,000 divided by six. Oh, I'm sorry, five would be uh, it's a little over 37,000. Let's call it 36, uh, 36,000 
So let's see, a thousand per month is twelve thousand. So a third, a third of the calls. Well, it says one hundred ninety-seven thousand three hundred two reports. So of twelve thousand a year in twenty twenty-two, if you had similar numbers in years before that, that's a lot. That's a significant amount. That's not a good situation. And DCFS, which has had a lot of high-profile problems here recently, um, DCFS doesn't have a way to handle the volume that's coming in. Part of the problem, and we kind of see it nationally, it's, it's the COVID stuff, right? Kids were told to stay home. In some districts, they stayed home a lot more than in other districts. But when kids aren't reporting to school every day, when they are missing weeks at a time because of COVID restrictions, if somebody in your family has COVID, you have to be out for 10 days, which was a nonsense rule. But the the state health department made us do it in schools. The longer kids are at home and they're unsupervised, the harder it is for those mandated reporters or for anybody else to make the call to recognize that's happening. If kids aren't going to school every day, their mandated reporters, the teachers, principals, school nurses, school counselors, they, they don't report that stuff. And if kids aren't going to school each day and their friends don't notice it and, and other folks don't notice it because they're, they're not out in public every day, those calls go down quite a bit. And so more kids actually were victimized during the pandemic. And there was a lot less reporting throughout the pandemic across the country. I imagine the statistics are probably similar here in Louisiana to what they were nationwide. But we have an overburdened government agency. A government agency that it looks like has has not been able to keep up with the demand on it. DCFS, it clearly needed leadership change, but there, there was a greater problem there in that their workload is incredibly high. And I think the pandemic was a large part of that workload being so high. Again, the, the, the dates here, 2018 through 2022, well, uh, 20 and 21 in particular, some 22, we still had, uh, we still had some folks who were masking up, some folks who were taking extended time off whenever they had COVID. It was not a good situation for those of us that don't like abuse, don't want to see abuse like that. But we have an overburdened bureaucracy, an overburdened uh, agency, government agency that's supposed to handle these sorts of things. And they get left on hold because there's not enough workers, there's not enough resources, and yet all the money that we spend in government, where does it go? Where is all that money that's supposed to go to these very necessary places, like the Department of Children and Family Services? Where's all that money? We just busted the spending cap in the legislature. Where does that money go? Because it's not going where it should. There is nothing more fundamental than taking care of our children and families, and yet there does not seem to be enough money to hire to entice people to come work for DCFS, not enough people to make sure that somebody's there answering the phones, not enough money to make sure that there are people there to check on cases where kids are being abused. 
all of that money that gets spent by the state government, all that money that they told us we had to spend, that Paige Cortez and Clay Schechtsnyder and all those folks told us we had to spend, we had to bust the spending gap on, where did that money go? Because it clearly didn't go to DCFS. There's nobody there to answer the phones. A thousand people a month are hanging up because they're left on hold. The audit shows the Department of Children and Family Services centralized intake staff fell short of the only performance metric of 66% of calls hotline answered live, with that percentage at 60.3% in 2022. Analysis of an average of 6,331 calls per month that year showed the average speed to answer was 6.9 minutes. Of the 6,331, an average of 3,820 were answered live, 1,111 opted to receive a callback if staff were busy, and 1,183 hung up before staff could answer. Another 218 on average hung up before the staff finished the report, auditors wrote. The Department of Children and Family Services contracts with a software vendor for the hotline that is required to retain call recordings and other data for five years, but auditors found data missing for 15 months of the audit period and incomplete for three. Other analysis found the agency could work with its vendor to improve data metrics to allow officials to target shift schedules for call center staff better and minimize changeover during peak call times. And yet it wasn't happening. Nothing was being done. So again, I ask, when you are understaffed and you're a government agency, if you're doing the job you're supposed to, if you're getting the money and the resources you need, you find a way to make it efficient. But it wasn't happening. There appears to not be enough money for training because they weren't trained on how to be more efficient. There's apparently not enough money to keep people hired to, I don't know, raise the salary so you attract more people to the job because it's a very heavy job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is just something anybody can do. To deal with the type of stuff DCFS has to deal with, that can take a very emotional, uh, that can take a very heavy emotional toll on you. So you really do need to incentivize people to come work for it. Apparently, there's not enough to incentivize people to come work for it. There's not enough people who are running the show that seem to care, or they're so beat down by the job and the politics behind the scenes that they just have given up. And it's just another useless government agency. Y'all, I'm not one of those that thinks all government's bad. We, we do need some government. We do need some order. I used to, when I would teach uh, social studies, at, at whatever grade level, I'd, I always started with the same thing. There's five different types of history or five different uh, areas of social studies. There's history, which is the, the, the study of how people change. There's geography, which is the study of how people develop in their dev- environment. 
There's the study of economy, which is the uh, study of how people improve. And then there's civics. There's this, that's the study of how people organize. The fifth one is sociology, how people interact. But the study of civics, how people organize, we have failed to organize if this is the best that we can put forward for the most vul- one of the most vulnerable segments of our population. We have failed to properly organize and run things if we cannot, folks, get people organized to run a department that's supposed to protect our children and families. It is insane. Absolutely insane. We've gotten to that point. 232-1542 is the number. You can call in. You can send a message to the KPL app chat. We'll be back to wrap up the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. Is the number. You can also be part of the conversation by going to the KPL app chat, hitting uh, the Joe Cunningham show and sending a message in through there. I read the message that gets sent to that. If you're sending it to any of the other shows, do not, I, I do not read those. So I won't be able to respond to them. I only see the ones that say from the Joe Cunningham show. Uh, well, I guess this depends on how you look at it. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Mitt Romney has announced that he's not running for re-election. Mitt Romney, who is noted for losing to Barack Obama in 2012, despite Obama's popularity being only slightly higher than where Joe Biden's is right now, Mitt Romney has decided he's not going to run for a second term in the Senate. Romney made waves by being a Republican governor of Massachusetts and passing uh a form of socialized health care called uh, known as Romney care that laid in the foundation for Obamacare, which Mitt Romney then turned around and opposed then running for the Senate in Utah and finally refusing to endorse his fellow Utah Republican Mike Lee in a reelection bid during the 2022 midterms. Kudos to Mitt Romney though, for making the responsible decision here. He has decided he's not going to run for reelection Uh, because he will be in his mid-80s at the end of another term. He has decided, nah, I'm done. Good on him, as opposed to Nancy Pelosi, who just announced the other day she is running for another term, because Nancy Pelosi clearly cannot get enough. Almost made her my pest of the day by J&J exterminating. In fact, I kind of wish I could go back and do your pest of the day is Nancy Pelosi for deciding in her 80s she's going to run for re-election in Congress again. Because clearly what we've proven we've needed is more old people making decisions. And, you know, that's sort of something that we're starting to see in the polling. The polling, they're not asking, you know, are you voting for the youngest candidate or whatever, but you're seeing the younger candidates those are the ones that are that are getting the looks right now. Tim Scott's getting the look. Nikki Haley's getting the look. Vivek Ramaswamy's getting the look. Donald Trump still has a huge segment of the base, but the people that are questioning, they're not going to Mike Pence. They're not going to Chris Christie. They're looking at Nikki Haley. They're looking at Tim Scott. They're looking at Vivek Ramaswamy. 
They're looking at Ron DeSantis. They're looking at younger candidates. The people who are looking at Joe Biden, they'll pick RFK or Marianne Williamson. They're both younger than Joe Biden, also a lot less senile. There's greater calling for Mitch, for, uh, Mitch McConnell to step down. There's people that want Nancy Pelosi to step down. They don't want Joe Biden to run again. People want change. People are desperate for change. That's one of the things that made Trump so popular in 2016. He was different. He was a force of change. And voters are still looking for that because at the end of Trump's term, they got more of the same. Somebody who'd been in Washington, D.C. for a thousand years already. Anyway, that's it for me. You guys have a great one. Please drive safe on these wet roads, this rain that's happening right now. I do not want to have to uh, open the KPL app and see any fatal wrecks. I don't want to see that. I don't want to get any of those alerts. You guys drive safe. In the meantime, I'll be back in 23 hours. You can find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast of the show will be up shortly. You can find it at joecunninghamshow.substack.com or on your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you get them from there, though, leave a rating and a review. Just means more people will be able to see it because it's getting more reviews. You guys have a great one. I'll be back again tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL.